Welcome to A Quiet Life. I'm Ruth, your host. It is really lovely to be here with you. Normally, you would have this podcast already uploaded, but life has been a bit mad in a good way lately, and therefore, I'm actually recording the introduction to this podcast on the day it would normally go up. So I'm hoping to finish it, uh, put it all together and put it up there this afternoon and get it all done before I record the next interview with Scotty tomorrow. So one of the things that went a bit pear-shaped in the last fortnight is that I lost the recording from Scotty and uh, I have found it again and we're good to go. Uh, I recorded the bulk of the podcast before when I thought I'd lost the Scotty recording. Then I listened to the Scotty recording and thought, no, I want that in there as well. So now um, I hope I don't repeat myself too much, but you know, I usually do repeat myself a lot anyway. So I thought you'd cope. Let me know if, you know, it was too frustrating and I'll make sure I don't do that again. The other really mad and fun thing that I've been doing is the Boots That Fit course, which I'm doing for my church and I'm happy to do for yours, which is based on my Boots That Fit book, which is coming out. The Boots That Fit course has been really fun. We have over 15 attendees and we've just enjoyed ourselves, everything except the homework. Uh, Nobody's enjoyed the homework. Well, I don't know. I think they found it valuable. I just don't think they like being told to do homework, but that's all good. Um, And so some of the stuff that we've been doing on the course feeds into today's podcast. And uh, you'll hear that I've been talking to different people about different ways that they can serve people and bless people um, in, in their local area, in their community. And Um, That comes out in what I have to say later. And apart from that, just work and normal stuff that's been really good, really fun, really busy, but really enjoyable, still writing and doing all the things. If you want to support me in what I do, um, I think I say this at the end again, but you can uh, find me at patreon.com forward slash quiet life and support me there. And I would love that. That would be really gorgeous uh, if you feel able to do that. But the main thing I want to say, the thing I really want to say up front is I'm talking in this podcast about finding your thing and fitting it into your life and making time to do it and space and thinking about it in a in a smaller way and everything. But I want to say uh, before we start that there is huge amounts of value, huge value in doing a job that maybe is a drudge job. Maybe it's not what you feel to be particularly your gift or your calling or your vocation. It's something that you're doing because you're paying the bills with it, not because you want to do it for any reason. And while I think that um, for some of us, there's value in getting out of that position and getting into something that you really love. um, And that is a a chapter in my book. For a lot of us, maybe, maybe it's not possible. Either way, whether you're getting out of it somehow or whether you're staying in, there's huge value in doing that job in a godly way. Because how we do something is much more important than what we do in any way. So uh, I want to encourage you that wherever you're working and whatever you're doing, uh, whether you find it life-giving or draining or whatever it is, as you do that in a godly way, as you bring um, the fruits of the Spirit, that love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control into what you're doing, what you're doing is then valuable. It is valuable just by the fact that you're doing it, whether you find it good or find it hard. You know, I was given the example, often I'm given the example of toilet cleaning, as you'll hear in the podcast, but um, a more recent example I was given was caring for a loved one with a disability. And sometimes that can be really hard, uh, really life-sapping work, um, but at the same time, very, very valuable. It's just a really, a really precious, precious gift of your time. So, 
yeah, I'd like to say that up front, that what you do, how you do what you do, and the fact that you do it sometimes, just the fact that you do it, even if you do it with a bit of an attitude on some days or whatever, but the fact that you do care for people or serve people in any way is a very valuable thing. Having said that, let's have a chat with Scotty about thinking smaller. Good morning, Hobart Soul 65. Ruth Amos is with us. And this is the first time in a few weeks since you and I have been on air together. And, of course, we had some big news that we haven't been able to talk about it. I know. I had to talk about it with <laughs> Keith last time. I'm like, what? What? So I've been away and I've been sick. And uh, and, and I know you guys have been, been sick, sick as well. As well. Uh, so you and I are now... Well, we our, our daughter and son have a child. Yes. So you yes. and I are kind of grandparent in-laws? Grandparents-in-law, like, gr- yeah, that work. <laughs> My son, Scotty's daughter, beautiful baby boy, Ewan, and we love him so much. We do. And we've both had cuddles now. We've both gotten over our oh, sickness enough to have a so cuddle. So I had three weeks of sickness and I literally got my first cuddle yesterday. And he's he's a few weeks old now. <laughs> so I've, I've been feeling so bad, but I'm just like, I don't want to get him sick, you no. know, like... So anyway, it was so nice to have a cuddle yesterday. And he's gorgeous, everybody. He's, you know, the most perfect little baby. Well, so. with the Haas and the Amos genes, how could, uh, like how could how you could go you wrong? I mean, yeah, you know, right. like, you're going to be a world changer. You're exactly. Gonna, you know, he's going to be a supermodel of some kind, surely. <laughs> like. <laughs> well, that's a nice segue into what I'm talking to you about today, Scott. Think big. Think smaller. Think small. Hang on. Everybody tells me I should always think big. Yeah, yeah. I know. I've written this book about finding your dream and, and what you want to do and whatever, um, which is coming out February next year. But uh, I've given it to a few people to read to get feedback and they've always said, oh, yeah, no, that's great. But what if your job is cleaning the toilets and you can't stop doing that job? What do you do then? And by the way, I have to say, I know someone who's thing is cleaning houses and she does an absolutely superb job and she enjoys it and I think you know she couldn't do it for a job she'd still do it for other people for free so if your job is cleaning toilets kudos to you it's a hard job and if you do it well I think that's amazing but but if you are stuck in a position where you can't do the thing you love and the thing you want to do and your dream and whatever I want to encourage you to think smaller like how can you use the thing that you love to do to just bless those people who are around you. Not, you know, because we get sucked into thinking that we have to go on Instagram and, you know, maybe your thing is decorating birthday cakes, like Marianne, who's amazing at it, and that you have to put that on Instagram and you have to get millions of followers and you have to build a business out of it and you have to monetize it and you have to da-da-da-da-da. Well, what if you just make your birthday cakes and bless your family and your friends with those amazing, awesome birthday cakes isn't that a isn't that a worthwhile thing to do? Yeah. Isn't that a wonderful thing to do? Yeah. So so it's like what you, I mean, you're saying really just you don't have to think crazy big, you know. So just say you've got a gift at, at making birthday cakes, it doesn't mean you have to become the world's next greatest chef. It just means you can bless those people around you with the gift that you have. Yeah. If your if your thing is is fashion, maybe you're excellent at fashion. Well, I know that there's a lot of people around you who would really love you to go in, look at their wardrobe, and say, "Wear this, don't wear that." And let's go off shopping and see if we can find. And I know that you're encouraged to make a business out of it, but maybe it's something you can just do to bless people on the side. Like it's still valuable, even if you're only blessing a few people with what you do. Yeah, I love that. And and I've actually got a friend who's this who's crazy good at tech stuff, like like crazy good. And like sometimes, because I said, why don't you do this as your work? Like, why don't you actually like go and study it and do it? And, you know, like I was thinking that like 
you know, the world is this guy's oyster. He's so crazy. To, he said, no, he said, because I think that would then change the nature of it for mm. me. Like, mm. I just like doing it for friends and family and, and myself. And I, I, I don't want to actually make it bigger like because for him that would take the fun out of it yeah and I'm not saying you shouldn't be uh, remunerated for what you do like you you yeah creative people should be paid in accordance with whatever you know like I'm not saying go out and do it just for exposure and do what you want for free but at the same time I am saying uh, yeah just because you you're not a world changer or uh, you know affecting the whole planet doesn't mean that what you do isn't valuable. Even if it's valuable to just a few people, it is still really valuable. Yeah. And sometimes if you come with that approach of, I just want to bless those around me, I just want to, I just want to, you know, like think small, I just want to do this. That's often, in my case, when you see that then God says, okay, now we're going to go big. You're exactly. Like, faithful in a small thing, I can make you faithful in a big thing. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love yeah. it. Thank you, Ruth. No worries. See you in a couple of weeks. Hey, by the way, what book are you writing at the moment? Well, my nonfiction book is called Boots That Fit, and it's about yeah, finding your thing and doing it. And uh, fiction, I'm writing something called Dig Deep, and it's another alien story. <laughs> nice. Aliens in the news at the moment. Yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get it out. Get on the cusp. <laughs> RuthAmos.com.au. Thanks, Ruth. Thanks, Scotty. So when I give people the manuscript of Boots That Fit for... Uh, for checking and for feedback and whatever there's been there's been an issue that's come up a couple of times and the issue is um, what if you're stuck cleaning toilets for a living and you can't follow your dream and do the thing you want to do because you're stuck in a job that you hate and you just have to do that because of course my book is about finding your thing finding the thing that really gives you life and brings you joy and um, delights you and then using that thing to serve other people and so we immediately think like we live in a gig economy and we think okay well that means that you you find the thing that you love to do and then you I don't know monetize it somehow and what if you don't have the um, the ability the freedom the possibility to leave what you're doing and start up a small business we don't all have that possibility we all we can be stuck where we are and have to work around that and oh, look, I totally agree. Uh, not everybody wants to start their own business for for starters, and uh, and we don't have to, and we don't all have to make it happen that way. Um, but I do want to say that you know, if you clean for a living, I think you're an amazing person. I tried that job, and I was pretty rubbish at it. I feel sorry for my clients. <laughs> if you find that bringing order to people's houses that way is something that gives you a bit of life and gives you a bit of a boost uh, I know somebody who does my friend Anne is amazing at cleaning she's such a machine and she used to clean our house before she decided to um uh put that cleaning part of her job together with aged care and now she does in-home aged care and goes and cleans the houses of the elderly as well as looking after them taking them out for a chat and an ice cream and um doing some op shopping with them or whatever she does because that's who she is and it really is something that she delights in and i think that's amazing so yeah a good cleaner like somebody who really revels in that is just insanely brilliant I'm, I'm so you know I think they're amazing um so that but that doesn't answer the question because the real question is like if you would like to do something to make a living or you just like to do something um but because of your circumstances you're not able to pursue that or you don't want to start a small business or whatever what do you do then 
So my answer to that question is to think smaller because I think that we can find joy from doing our thing, even if it isn't our full-time thing or the thing that we do every day or whatever. I think we can find joy. We can feed that joy back into what we do for a living as well if we're doing our thing at least some of the time. So uh, if we think about time, I encourage you to take a look at your life and try and figure out some time that you can put towards this thing you love. Can you do it for 15 minutes a day? Uh, I, when I, I've told this so many times, you've heard it if you've listened to the podcast before, but when I started writing, that's what I did. I wrote for 15 minutes a day. I would get to work 15 minutes early, um, which I figured I could squeeze in and I'd put a timer on so that I wouldn't overrun and I would write for 15 minutes and then I would get on with the day. It's amazing that actually now that I do this for a living, uh, writing and editing, obviously, as I said, the editing brings in the money, but the writing as well. Uh, when I'm writing my novel at the moment, I'm doing it for 30 minutes a day. Again, I put a timer on. I have a watch that buzzes. So I don't have a, a sound interrupting me, but I have a buzzing on my wrist. And I work for 30 minutes every weekday morning on my writing of my novel. And other writing stuff like this podcast and blog and whatever comes after that. But the novel comes first for 30 minutes a day. Um, and it still works for me. It is something that works really well. And I, if you haven't given it a try, I encourage you to do that. I I made the suggestion to somebody just through this week, just set aside 15 minutes a day, put on a timer. If you're doing it every day and you want to write, it's amazing because uh, you write down what you've been thinking in that 15 minutes. And then through the day, your subconscious creative imagination works on that story so that when you sit down the next day, you can just immediately jump into it and keep writing. And if you're doing that every day, you don't lose track. You don't lose pace of where the story's at. Whereas if you're waiting to have a day to set aside to do the thing, then you have to come back and figure out where you were before and get yourself back into the story. And it might take you two hours to get back into where you were to start off with. And I think that applies to a lot of creative endeavors. Like if you do a little bit every day, um, then you can, you can build something absolutely amazing out of that. Or maybe you can't do so. I was just thinking, oh, if cake decorating's your thing, I don't know how you do that for 15 minutes every day. If you can think of a way to do that, <laughs> please let me know. I'd love to know. But maybe you put aside one day a month and every month you make yourself a really beautiful cake or you go and do a lovely bushwalk or you do something that you can do one day a month. Or maybe it's one weekend a quarter that you take off and you uh, dedicate to doing your thing to give you that life. Uh, I think time rushes past so quickly that even one weekend a quarter, something that you've got booked in beforehand that you stick to and you value yourself enough to stick to it and that you go you go towards that knowing it's coming will help you through your days and then doing it will fill your bucket with joy so that as you go into the next quarter, you've got that joy to spend on your life and then you get to your one weekend again. Um, it's just amazing. <laughs> so time. I think that's one way we can do things with time. Uh, okay. How about space? So uh, I know that we're encouraged. Like I, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or X or whatever it was, <laughs> whatever Elon Musk wants to call it now. And in all of those things, the people that you see, the people that stand out are the people who have made their business go worldwide, go viral around the world. And so you think, oh my goodness, if I can't make my thing worldwide, 
then am I really valuable? And I've been thinking about that with my books, like the sales of my books are are not um, happening in America. Like I would say, they're just not selling. And uh, and America is where I'd like to sell my eBooks online because it would, it would, you know, there's a huge audience there. There's a number of people who like buying books and that would be really good. But I haven't, it's on me, right? I haven't done the marketing, but I, I haven't done the marketing and thinking back to that whole podcast on resistance I did a while ago, I'll put that in the show notes too, thinking about, okay, why am I resisting the marketing? Why am I not able to do the marketing that is necessary to get my book selling worldwide? Well, when I thought about it, I thought, okay, what I really want is connection with people. Um, and if I'm not doing the marketing the way that it works to get things to sell worldwide, I need to think smaller. I need to think about connection with my audience. And I realized that who the, the thing that I write novels about is small town Tasmania. And so the obvious place to sell my books is small town Tasmania. And there's an obvious way to do that. And that is that every small town in Tasmania has a little market that runs every so often. And maybe once a quarter, I'm going to go to a small town, join their market, and try and sell my books there. And I started in Signet the other weekend uh, because my book is about Signet and I made um, $100 worth of sales. I get, Again, I'm not making massive money about it. I'm thinking smaller, but I'm rejoicing in that. And I've made connections with um, Signet now and I'm hoping to go down there and run a workshop on writing and that sort of thing. So it's uh, smaller, thinking smaller and seeing what comes out of that. So maybe, maybe you only um, do your thing in the area where you are. Think about the people where you live. I mean, I I cannot get my head around the number of people that there are, even in my little suburb (laughs) of Kingston. Like there's so many people here. And and it comes into my head because we go to what what people would consider a reasonably large church. I think there's like four or 500 people over three services. But um, when you compare 400 people to the 30,000 people that are in my town, well, it's a very small percentage. And I think, wow, there's so many people out there and there's so many people who are, who need help and who, who need, um, friends and who need support. And, you know, so, um, just the, the people that are near you, um, can you reach out and help? There may be in your space, there may be an area where you, and you can help out, um, in, in what you want to do. We, because like, yeah, what I'm talking about is getting joy from using your gifts and talents to serve other people. Okay, so you need to find the other people that need serving um, and maybe you'll be able to monetize it. But you'll get joy from serving even if it doesn't bring money in um, and even if you have to do something that maybe you don't like so much to bring money in. I hope I'm not rambling. I did not get a lot of sleep last night, so I'm hoping I'm saying sensible things. So thinking time I'm thinking space I'm thinking maybe a niche audience so uh, I was talking to a minister in one of our churches here in Tassie she's not in our church and her church has been trying for ages and ages to reach out to her community more broadly and then she ran a community lunch and the people who came to the community lunch were the elderly 
and the lonely in her community. And she said to me, I think, you know, maybe we here in this place are to be a church for the elderly and the lonely. Maybe there's a niche audience that works for you and maybe it is the elderly and the lonely that are people that need company or need care in some way that you can provide and and that's great. Like, is there a niche, is there a smaller audience that you can really serve in, in a beautiful way? So yeah, I want to, I want to encourage you to think smaller, to think niche, to think, uh, little, uh, audiences that are close by you or, or that are online, but are that are really, really niche or niche, as they say in the United States, if you're in the United States, but smaller audiences that you can bless with the thing that you love doing just for the joy of doing it. I think that if we do what we love doing just for the joy of it, um, it does get noticed. And even if it doesn't get noticed by people who have lots of money who want to bless us with it, which hasn't happened to me yet, <laughs> I have to say, it does get noticed by God if you do those small things faithfully. And you can tell yourself, well, well, what I'm doing doesn't count because, oh, you know, I only do it for family and friends or because uh, I only do it for a small number of people or because I only do it in my area and it hasn't gone worldwide or it doesn't count because nobody will pay me for it or it doesn't count because whatever. And I'm not saying that we don't aim for excellence in our work because we always aim for excellence in our work. But, But even if you bless one person with your excellent work, it counts. It counts to God and it counts to that person. And that's what I'm talking about with God's economy, that God um, looks at the heart, looks at why we're doing things, looks at how we bless people. And, you know, in the end, uh, yes, we need enough money to live off and whatever, but in the end, in the end of our lives, what we want people to say at our funerals is that we blessed people, not that we made money. <laughs> and, and yeah, uh, I think even if you go to a funeral and there are people there who just say, this person meant so much to me because they used their gifts to bless me. It's just so different to this person had an audience of tens of thousands. Like we just cannot always be that person with the audience of tens of thousands, but every single one of us, every one of us, you can use the gifts that you've been given to bless individuals around you or individuals that you know online. I have a friend called Mandy and she's very ill with chronic fatigue um, and she's been ill with chronic fatigue now for 20 years. Like it's been really tough for her and she blesses the socks off me because instead of, um, and she does sometimes let her frustration out and more power to her, she should. She needs to let us know what it's like. But instead of wallowing in that, she often puts beautiful artistic photos up on Facebook, maybe of the flowers in her garden, maybe of the shadows on her kitchen window. But she puts these up and they're gorgeous and they really bless me. I'm honestly, they bless me every time. Um, and she's not making a business out of that. She's not monetizing, but she sees the world in an artistic way that I just simply do not see it. Like I would not be looking at my kitchen window and thinking, gosh, those shadows are fascinating. Let me take a photo of it on my phone and share it on Facebook. That's not how I do things. But I really enjoy her artistic vision as she looks around her and as she shares it with us. And for me, it's like getting that boost of creativity that you'd get also 
when going to uh, an art gallery or something, seeing her photos on Facebook. It's a small thing, but it's such a blessing. And she's kept contact with all of her friends on Facebook. She has actually a reasonable audience for these things because we're so blessed by her sharing who she is. Um, speaking of social media, I have another friend called Angie. And when she was working, at, uh, she was at our church uh, for a while. She's now moved to another church, but um, she loves social media. She loves uh, Instagram and you'll hear her talk about it. Oh, I think it's an addiction and I probably should put my phone down. But when she took on our church social media, it was the best. It was so cool and it was so fun and it was a real point of connection and delight. And you don't think of addiction to social media and making posts as a gift that you can use to bless others. But there's Angie doing it, blessing our whole church with her gifting in the area of social media and how to make posts um, that not everybody has. So I think that's um, like, I like to think about thinking outside the box about the gifts and the things you enjoy and how you can use them to bless others. And I don't think many people, because we all talk about the downside of social media, not many people are going to talk about the fact that if you have a gift in making engaging social media posts, that you can use that to serve and bless others. But there's Angie doing it, just doing it. It's amazing. Uh, I have another friend called Hetty and she's been cutting my hair now for over 20 years and she's always worked out of her house, out of her kitchen, um, which is just lovely. It's small and so she's only doing one client at a time and she's only doing those clients who are, she knows through church or through school or through her social scene, but she's using her gifts to bless those people with slightly cheaper haircuts and good quality haircuts because it's her thing. It's her creative outlet and she's kept it polished and she's kept it professional and then she's able to bless others with it. So that's amazing. So last week in the Boots That Fit course, we did a whole lot of brainstorming about things that you can do to bless others that can be your thing. I love this one, remembering names. If that is your gift, remembering someone's name, you can bless people with that just by, if you meet someone, remembering their name and calling them by name the next time. It does something to you. It builds you up inside. It is not a gift I have, but I wish I did. Or remembering their food preferences, remembering how they take their coffee. So then you can have them over for a cup of coffee and you know exactly how they how they do it. It's, it's a real gift and an encouragement to people. Let me think. I'm looking at this whole three pages of brainstorming that we did. So um, meaningful gifts, if you'd like, if you're a crafty person, you can make beautiful gifts for people. And I think if you're a crafty person, you can end up with a house full of um, projects that you don't know what to do with. But there are, are so many different ways that you can bless others. And one of the ladies, oh, just did my heart so much good. She said that she really wanted to make clothes for stillborn babies beautiful dresses for stillborn babies how beautiful I mean it makes me want to cry like how what a lovely ministry that you could do for others that sort of thing with your crafts with your skill with needle and thread you can make something that will really really bless the parents of those babies and you may not end up shipping these worldwide you may end up only being able to make one uh, you know, if it's a really intricate thing and you're working another job, you, I, I don't know how long it would take, a month, two months. But to take that to the hospital and say, here, you can use this to bless someone whose baby was stillborn um, just in our local area. How how lovely that is. And I mean, there's always, you can always knit beanies for, for babies in NICU and all that kind of 
knit baby blankets and things. Hospitals love this kind of thing. Um, and then if you're an administrator, I mean, just there's always volunteer organisations that need help with administration and or people that need help with their taxes or whatever. If you are good at talking to people, I remember going to Ronnie's funeral and Ronnie's funeral was incredible because you could see there just how wonderfully she used her extroversion to bless others. She'd go walk the dog. She did go walk her dog. She met up with somebody who needed help. She invited that person back to her place. They spent the whole afternoon with her and then basically moved in with her and lived with her until they got their feet back on the ground. This woman and her child were just so in desperate need of help and Ronnie was right there for her. Now this is, again, it's not something that I can do, but it might be something that you can do. So using your gift of talking to people or listening to people or walking with people or whatever it is, watching TV with people, playing board games. <laughs> it's, you know, it does. It just doesn't have to be big. It can be small. It can be niche. It can be, it hopefully is something that you already love doing and you're just looking for a way to serve people with it. And that's um, what I want to encourage you to do. So yeah, those things that you love to do, that you really enjoy, that give you life. I want you to look at those things. Don't think it doesn't count because it's me. Doesn't count because my audience is small. Doesn't count because I can't make money off it. I want to encourage you, it does count. Think smaller. Think of a way that you could serve others with your small gift in your small way that will be a blessing to those around you. Sometimes we just need to do what we can and leave the rest up to God. That's what I'm doing with this podcast, with my books, and even with my editing. And I may never make it. I may never be an international best-selling author or someone who makes a living from the sales of their books. But I still believe that if I've done my small thing faithfully, God will be pleased with me in the end. If you do your small thing faithfully for the Lord, I think he will be pleased with you in the end. And I think that will make it all worth it. So I encourage you again, maybe you put aside 15 minutes a day or maybe one day a month or maybe one weekend a quarter to do that thing that gives you life, that thing that's been put inside you that fills you with joy, to do that and to bless others with it. And I'd love you to tell me about it. So try something smaller over the next week or over the next month and write to me and let me know how you went. Uh, you can find me Ruth at ruthamos.com.au or tweet me at a quiet life blog or find me at Ruth Amos Author on Facebook. And yes, if you would like to support me, you can find me on patreon.com forward slash quiet life. I'm pretty sure I'll put it in the show notes. And uh, you can always sign up for my newsletter at ruthamos.com.au to get regular updates and never miss a podcast, never miss a blog. And please feel free to share this with anyone that you think uh, will help. I would love them to be helped by it. And if they're a person who would prefer to read than listen, then I have the blog, which is you can find at ruthamos.com.au or at A Quiet Life on WordPress. And I look forward to chatting to you again next time with an interview from Scotty. See you then.